quick note before we uh, get started this week. Uh, we had some audio issues um, and unfortunately lost most of the episode from Richie's side of the recording. So around pre-editing, around an hour, uh, we're going to have to end the show early. I will have another little snippet in there. Um, if you'd like to keep listening, I am going to keep the back half of the audio where you'll mostly hear me and a little bit of Drew chat about some more World War Z, some Fellowship of the Ring, and me responding to some of what Richie had to say about Boulder's Gate 3. But, you know, you might be able to skip that too, and uh, we'll try and cover some of this next week on our episode. And yeah, on to the show. Hi, everybody. It's episode 482 of PodQuest. Hello. Hey. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 2023. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hi. And Walnut. One of those claps sounded really delayed. Oh, yeah. that was yeah. the most out of sync our claps have ever been. It was three distinct claps. <laughs> yeah. I don't know who the last one was. Well, obviously it wasn't me, because I'm calling it out. I was the first one, as far as I can hear. Um, so I think that was, it was either, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pointing finger at Kyle. Oh, no, I'm pointing at Well, so I heard, I, I it, heard, it wasn't. I heard the very delayed one too. So I think that order of operations, that means it's Drew. I heard one after Drew, my clap, the clap. So I'm pretty sure it was Walnut. No, see, when the third clap happened, my chair also like popped and kicked back. Oh, maybe so that's that what we heard be, then. No, no, no. There was a third delayed clap. And then my chair fell back. So, and so it was like a clunk. Like, when you see my audio file, you are going to see two distinct, like, uh, noise patterns. Sound, or two, well, two thanks for making the, the editing process harder. <laughs> That's, look, you, you just go off the first one. That was the clap. No, now, now I'm going to actually have to listen to it. I normally just match up waveforms. Uh, look, I, all's, all's we need to know now is who was that last clap. I'll tell was, you tomorrow. I was the first one, or when at least I, when to I, my ears, I was the first one. You were the last one. Um, I was well, the first. No, but you're, you're always last when I line things up. But no, I but, uh, I can tell you both tomorrow when I when I um, when I line everything up. I can't I can't wait to hear uh, who it was because it's it's one of you guys. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of you guys. I hope it's you and you just heard your own clap. No, it's it's <laughs> not. I, like I heard. How would I hear my own clap but clap after it? So like, I clapped, literally... Like, so you clapped like after I, the last clap? No, I I clapped first, and then I heard two more claps after. I clapped, and then clap, and then clap. I know that pause that I made isn't going to be honest, because you're going to you're gonna do your truncated silence, but there was, like, a pause between the second the, clap and the last clap. The clap does not make it into the show. But the, just right now, when I did a pause and I was talking about yeah. the clap... That's what I was talking about with the pause. No, no, I, I understand, yeah. but you, you mentioned truncated silence. I, I cut the clap out of every episode. It's not there. The truncated silence was because of my explanation and the freeze between the second and third clap. When I think I you're said, using that word incorrectly. No, Cobb, I said there was a clap, a clap, and then a, a clap. Yeah. And I purposely cl- kept that, but I said, I know you, you're going to cut oh, out that silence. okay. I'm Listen sorry, I, to the podcast you're on, Cobb. I understand what it. you're saying now. I thought in my head you were still talking about the actual clap, not your vocal. No, no, clap. no me, my, my vocal. Listen to the podcast you're on, Cobb. Come on now. What is I this listen, podcast? I listen to more of it than you do. You do. You do. You don't even have your monitor turned on. Huh? Exactly. My monitor is on. 
Or are you the, talking about the monitor on Zencaster? Like the Just, like the audio monitoring, so that you can hear yourself talk and and fuck cringe. that shit. No, fuck that shit. No, you must we love were all editing if, your videos. Oh God, no! It's I mean, here's the thing: like ninety percent of the time, it's literally depending on what video it is, it's cutting out. All of the times I'm not talking, and then just fast-forwarding and speed-listening to the talking to make sure it's worthwhile keeping or not. And if it's not, it's getting cut, um, and then going to the next portion of me talking. All right, Drew, um, so next time Richie has a party, we're just going to get all of his audio tracks from the nearly 10 years of this podcast, and we're just going to take over his speakers and just play them through. <laughs> please, 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 no, no, no. Just... Just ten years of you no. talking. I would, I would, uh, no, I would rather, um, I would rather not. <laughs> I would just rather not. It, 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 it I get, cr- it, I get cringy when I listen to Brose, and I'm talking a lot in Brose. If it's just all me, like that's the easy thing about the videos is it's like, all right, it's only an hour, hour and a half of recording that I cut down to twenty-five to thirty-five minute segments, seg- or parts. But like, if I had to. If I had to do constant editing, like, oh, God, no, I just, no. Uh, I'm getting I'm getting very fidgety now. So let's move on with the show. <laughs> anyway, how, how are you guys doing? Yeah, doing all right. And, uh, you know. Enjoying the darkness? Yeah. Oh, hello, darkness, my old friend. I love, I love winter after daylight savings time. Suddenly it's dark at 445. <laughs> right. It's great. It's, it's dark when you wake up, and it's dark when you get off work. Yeah, it's great, right? I hate it. I hate it so much. I need to start getting Chase out for afternoon walks. Otherwise, I'm not going to get him for. But yeah, I've it, I've never like the the dark stuff doesn't bother me. Like I know I know like it's a real thing where like people like like um like sad and everything. But I don't know. It's dark. It's no big deal. I mean, the, it's, the sun it's, will come out tomorrow. I have no issue with the dark. I probably do deal with some major seasonal affectiveness disorder, but uh, on top of already everything else that I deal with. Um, so it just makes it even worse. But it's more just like, I, if I'm not walking him during lunch, I'm not getting out of the house. And I need to start getting back into the habit of walking him during lunch. Because obviously, same as everyone else, winter is nesting season. When it gets cold, it's nesting season. And you just want to stay inside and you want to, I have basically had a hot chocolate every other day for the piss. Because I just, that that's what I want when I'm cold is hot chocolate. And that's what I've been getting. I've been, like, treating myself every day for a hot chocolate. I'm drinking an iced tea, because why not? Hot drinks. It's cold. Hot drink. No, see, I have um, I have central heating in my home, so it never really gets cold in my house. It's 68 degrees in my house, and my heater's not even on, okay? So relax. <laughs> I'm not, not even kidding. Then it's not cold. What do you need a hot chocolate for? I, I, have, I have the beatus, okay? I get, I, my appendages get cold. Okay, that's and different. Poor blood flow, Okay. Actually, I wonder what it's out right now. It is 44, according to my phone. Yeah, mine is doing its refresh thing. Mine says 41. I mean, I'm looking at... I didn't open it up. I'm just looking at it based on the home... Uh, like, the shutoff screen. Tomorrow, apparently, the high is going to be 70, though. Mm-hmm. See? Don't need to turn on the heater. I actually had it on for a few days, but then turned it off because I opened the doors because it was, like, un- like 75, 80 degrees. Yeah, we've so. been going back and forth with ours. Like, there were a couple days there where, like, especially at night, it was dropping into the 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were turning it on, but like th- we were turning it on to like 63, just so it wasn't 40 in the house. I mean, my, again, like I said, my house somehow it's great in the winter. It holds in heat so well in the winter, but in the summer it holds in heat and that's it. Yeah. It holds in heat both. Yeah. Like all <laughs> times of heat. Yeah. 
So uh, like, is that, your like house the, lined with aluminum foil? By no, no. Are you sure? Um, pretty sure. It just it has poor insulation for the attic, so all the heat comes in from the attic. And I'm a corner house, so I've got the sun coming. Look, I've been doxxed. You can all look up my house. Uh, you can see the, uh, the sun just comes right into it from pretty much once the sun rises at like eight thirty in the morning to like four thirty at night. It's basically beating right down on my house at every. Do you actually? So I know, like you, like in your living room, you have that one panel of walling that is literally just over a window. Um, there is one right there. Yeah. Do you know? Do Do you actually have insulation in your outer walls? I believe I do. I okay. should. It's It's old though. That's the problem. It's all. It's an old house. Yeah. So like the insulation in my attic, it, it, I it's swear older to God, than it's, you. Yes, and I swear to God, it's just like old newspapers. Like we've gone up there to check it, and it's like it's not. It's not well insulated because of old codes and, like, also uh, 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 wildlife getting into the attic and things like that, tearing it apart. Like, it is old. It needs to be replaced. The last time I tried to replace it with my family, my dad was like, why don't we just get new insulation and just roll it over everything? And I'm like, because that's not going to be as effective as if we actually do what we're supposed to do, Dad. No, I mean, that's what we did. It worked fine. I mean, it. I... I the problem with doing it that way is that, like, if there's ever any work that needs to be done up there, it's since it's not placed properly, people are going to be moving up the moving the insulation around. I um I don't know. I need to get new insulation though. That would really help. But I also need new windows and new this. I hate my house. You just, I need, just a need a house. new house. Yeah. Just just leave that one. Like, that's the plan. Sign it over to to Jensen and just leave. No, that's not become happen. become a wanderer, a Veroni, if you will. You know what I. I wouldn't mind, like, just getting, like, one of those, like, I, I don't want to do van life. Van life's too small, but, like, bus life and, like, just getting one of those giant no, buses get you, that I get can Get yourself a in. nice Winnebago. Uh, I, maybe, but not really. That's also too small for me. Nah. But I I have thought of the idea of doing, like, a, a small house type living type thing, just getting a small plot of land and getting maybe a trailer, but maybe something... Uh, a little bit, like, more like a, uh, what is that? Like, the, the storage container type housing, houses and whatnot, and just, you know what? I'm done with this plot of land, let's move, and, and just move just my entire house. Winnebago, drive across the country, every day, just park next to, like, a Starbucks, that's your internet for the day so you can work. <clears throat> I mean, I could just, uh, rely on Starlink, I'm sure. What is Starlink? It's, that's, um, Elon Musk's internet service. Oh, I had no idea There's, he had an internet it, service. That, that was it's. Oh boy. That is his um, satellite internet that he's been. He pretty much every, at least every two weeks, uh, 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 Tesla shoot sends out sends up rockets to release satellites to do. He is littering the entire atmosphere with satellites to get really good satellite internet to like rural areas. Like what he's doing is good, is for good. Kind of. It's Elon Musk. Nothing's good that what he does. But the way he's going about it and the amount of satellites he's putting up there is it's it's like Wally, basically. It's how bad it can Ooh, get. also it's yeah, expensive. Like, it's hundred and twenty a month. Right. <laughs> Just for shitty satellite it's, internet. It's space internet. Come on now. Um yeah, be- between the fact that I don't follow anything that Musk does and I also don't give a fuck about space, um, I had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, I mean that's been around for a long time now. Yep, the, I have never really given a fuck what what Musk does. Like, especially things that like don't impact me. Like, I don't I don't care about Tesla or SpaceX. I'm vaguely aware of them just because they're they hit like main news feeds a little bit more. But like the most prominent thing I know about him is he bought fucking Twitter and ruined. 
Yep. Yeah, he's 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 a garbage person. Um, I, I will say my favorite thing he's ever said though was there, there was some talk show he went on where he li- they they were talking about terraforming Mars and his solution was to just bomb the the polar caps of of the the planet with a bunch of nuclear warheads to create a nuclear winter and then just give it a couple decades to clear up and by the time it was done it would probably be a, a habitable planet. I mean, what? <laughs> It's not entirely wrong, but it's <laughs> not say that's not right either. I I don't even know what how that would help. <laughs> Science, guys. Science. Anyway, Rich, what's on the agenda? Oh man, there's a lot of chocolate powder in that milk in that in that hot chocolate. Our agenda um, has nothing to do with chocolate powder. What's that? I said our agenda, nothing to do with chocolate powder. Well, I mean, I was drinking as you were saying that, and it just I like I I was drinking as you were asking me what's on the agenda. No drinking during podcast. I, I, please, you saw me on Saturday night. All right. Uh, this week, um, uh, apparently, and I saw this news article, I'm not happy about it. Uh, Microsoft and Xbox are working on AI tool sets for game developers. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We've all should have gotten at least halfway through World War, or more than halfway through World War Z, uh, the, the, uh, Max Brooks novel. Um, and, uh, Cobb read Lord of the Rings. And, uh, or at least the Fellowship of the Ring, and I played some Baldur's Gate, a lot of Baldur's Gate 3. I'm, like, probably about almost 15 hours. That's not that much. It's, like, a 200-hour game. Oh, Don't oversell me. it. I don't think it's a 200-hour game. I don't think it's a 200-hour game. We'll get into that. Well, I guess it, it definitely does depend what you do and how you play it. No, no. I think it's a 200-hour game because people keep dying a lot. Well, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I think it's a 200-hour game. Like, it depends what you do and how you play it. No, no, I just think, in general, people just die a lot, and so they have to keep replaying those segments, those sections, and that's why it's a 200-hour game. No. No, I don't think so. Anyway. We'll, we'll um, talk. So, yeah, did, uh, Rich, you said you, you saw a little bit of this. Drew, did you see anything about the, the AI stuff with Xbox? I did not. Yeah, so they, they announced, and it looks like it, this may have been announced by the Game Awards Twitter account, which is also weird. Um, Xbox and Microsoft has, have partnered with InWorld AI to create game development tools for narrative and character creation. So, you know, one of the things that the fucking Hollywood strikes were about, Microsoft's just like, oh, we can use that for games. There's no, there's no one picketing us. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't, I mean, but like, here's the thing. It depends on, with all AI, it depends on the usage. Exactly. Like, if, 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 if a writer, if, if they're developing tools so that a writer can plug in their ideas and help them come out with something that might, that they can then work on and maybe make, get, get better or whatever, then great. But if they're using it and if they're creating this, these tools to replace writers, to replace voice actors, to replace board artists, then fuck that. It, exactly. And like, that's, that's exactly what Hollywood's been striking against as well. Is and from from all the SAG stuff, like like updates, I keep seeing from them. Like that is one of the things that the AMPTP, um, which it's the studio executives, refuse to back down on and come to terms with. Is every time they call out the AI stuff when they when they do like their like daily or or multi weekly updates. Yeah, that, like they they won't talk about the AI stuff that they want to uh, get under control. But yeah. so the. The two creative tools in this case are AI Design Copilot, which the blurb says, 
This tool is designed to assist and empower game designers in exploring more creative ideas. It transforms prompts into detailed scripts, dialogue trees, quests, and more. And the other one is AI Character Runtime Engine, which is this engine can be integrated into the game client and enables entirely new narratives with dynamically generated stories, quests, and dialogue for players to experience. So that sounds like it's just AI making the game. Like, not the game itself, but making the the narrative so, side of the game. So the, 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 the first one sounded like exactly what I don't want. And it's, here's plots, give me the game. Whereas... But, like, also, at the same time, it's kind of, like, it is a tool. Like, here's, here's, here's some bullet points. Help me figure things out. Like, but I had, but you have to input a majority of it for them to come out with. The second one sounds like, hey, you want to do your dailies in Destiny? Well, guess what? We have this new AI technology that's going to write over script and get a, a quest ready for you every day that's going to be different than the day before. Or at least the dialogue may be different. Or yeah, the that, quest idea may be different. That that is what that one sounds like. That one sounds yeah. more like and a that one sounds more like a way to take like a live service game like you just used, like Destiny, that frankly gets stale very quickly because like dailies are the same thing every day. Like there's no mm-hmm. change to it. And while this wouldn't change the the core of the quest, it could at least add like new flavor text and experience for the player. Um, but not only would it add the new flavor text, it would be new flavor dialogue. Is really the pro- is really another one of the problems. Is it would be using AI to mask the voice of the voice actor. So that we don't know. Like dialogue does not mean it has to be spoken. I mean, it's 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 one of the things that you you know that's what they're gonna want. It, it does, but I'm ju- I'm just pointing out like dialogue is just any conversational part of a script. So you know. It, Obviously, if this stuff is AI generated and it's supposed to be like, like more of a, like a dynamically generated, like the thing says, yeah, like they have to do something to, if, if there's voice acting, the only way they're going to have that voice acting work is if they do, um, they do that stuff. But with all of the dialogue that they already have of the voice actors, they're going to be able to do it. No problem. They're going to be able to deep fake it with no issue. Though I do wonder when it comes to like that, um, a lot of voice actors are members of SAG. Um, I wonder how much the SAG stuff is going to like factor into that. Because as far as I know, game game stuff is not being struck against. Because that, that never actually happened, right? As far as I can tell, that never actually officially happened. Strike out the video games and motion captures are now on strike. Yeah, as of, 20, as, as of end of September, they never actually went on strike. But they are still approved to go on strike. Um, and maybe something like this happening could turn their own and be like, oh yeah, no, no, let's, let's go on strike. But that's just on voice acting. That's not on development itself. And I, I, I doubt, I don't know. You guys might be able to talk on this more than I, I can. I doubt there's a labor union for video game developers, for programmers and stuff like that. So some studios have started to, to form that. Drew, do you remember which ones did, form a union recently? Uh, I mean, uh, the last couple of years, a whole lot of studios have gotten... It's more been on, like, the... Um, not necessarily the development side, but, like, the uh, the testing side. Like, I want to say... Oh, maybe it was QA, I'm thinking. Like, of. I want to say Blizzard QA recently uh, formed a union. Raven, I want to say that they did. I want to say it was a bunch of stuff under yeah. the Activision umbrella, honestly. 
it, yeah, and after, after you said those two, I'm just like, oh, it was a bunch of Activision yeah. stuff for sure. But, like, there is not, uh, to my knowledge, an, like, an industry-wide union. Yeah, and that stuff's super weird because s- there are so many different moving parts to game development, and depending on the size of the studio, the, the number of people on that team are drastically different. Mm-hmm. Union efforts, this is from a, Poly- a Polygon article on October 6th. There were union efforts at Activision and Blizzard. However, there was... I, I can't find it now. Uh, there was a studio that was the first... Uh, Work and Man Interactive's union is the first game industry union under the IATSE. For representation, but that was just based on the like blurb line on Google. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a thing that, that they probably do need. <laughs> at, at this... Honestly, at this point, you know what? Unions are good, guys. Unions are good. Maybe more industries, even like bankers, should have yeah. unions. <laughs> like unions are good, and, and they're gonna make sure you get the proper pay. They're gonna make sure you get proper wage increases, time off, all of that jazz. Like I'm, I'm pro union. I'm obviously pro union. Um, and like especially a creative uh, field like game development and game design really should have protections on. Like a union to put protections on their employ- on their on their workforce, because then you know maybe may- maybe maybe Bungie wouldn't have been able to lay off a hundred employees last week, uh, because the they blamed because they were because Destiny Two is failing because the of the hundred employees, many of them told Bungie, hey, we're running this in the wrong direction, and then Bungie was like, oh, well, we're just gonna lay you all off. So maybe if they had a union. They would have more protection. They would have been able to get the union rep to talk to the higher ups and been like, "Hey, here's what's going on. If you want this fixed, you got to give us more time." And blah blah blah. But no, the the higher ups just want the money. They don't care about anything else. Workers need protections, especially in gaming. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Uh but yeah, that that other the other tool here um does sound like a yeah. We're just we don't need game develop. Well, like we need the people to do the coding. We don't need the um the like narrative um creative side of it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's this is this is absolutely what what Hollywood is striking against, and I I I'm afraid that if this works, it'll be too late for if this if they can create a good tool for this, it'll be too late, and we won't. But especially since there's not a lot of developer unions out there, it's it's just I hate it. I'm so mad. Like. AI can be a wonderful tool, but it is going to also become man's worst enemy. I don't think any time in the near future it's going to be as terrible as it can seem, but it is going it can go bad fast. Like we're never going to get to like a, a I don't think we're ever going to get to a matrix area of a- AI. But and that's what a lot of people's fears are, or is matrix type of AI bullshit, where it's like the machines are taken over, or iRobot type of bullshit. No, we're never going to get there. But taking jobs, literally taking jobs, is what it's what they're working on right now. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. It, it's 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 fucked. Yeah, like there is no other way to put it. Like and like, <sighs> and it's also you're talking like Microsoft, a company that has. Basically, a monopoly on you know personal computers on on what a lot of gamer gamers use. So even if people want to boycott Microsoft for doing something like this, they can't because 
what's the what are we gonna do for gaming PCs? What are we gonna do for gaming to for for to, for that besides get a, a a console? Which consoles are fine. I'm not trying to shit on consoles, but like we can't do PC gaming anymore if we're trying to boycott somebody like Microsoft. You can go to Apple, but Apple products don't really do gaming very well. Everything works off of Microsoft, so you can't boycott them. You kind of just got to deal with what they're doing, and that's fucked as well. Just everyone play on Steam Deck. I, I mean, yes, that just, has just, some... no, just no games published by Microsoft on Steam. Yeah. Like, that, yeah. No, get, no more Halos, no more Gears of War, no more Activision, no more Bethesda. They own a bunch of other studios I'm drawing a blank on. They own, like, every studio. No more car games that are fun. Yeah. <laughs> they, look, I don't I don't dislike Xbox. Like, like I like my Xbox quite a bit. But, man, they own so many studios and just have no fucking output. They really do It is fucking embarrassing. Like, no wonder they're trying to fucking build AI tools to make games for them. They can't fucking make games on their own, and they own yeah, 30% they're... of the fucking <laughs> market. They thought buying all these studios was going to make them all the money, but then they give they give away these studio these these games for free, and they don't make all the money. I don't even think it has to do with like them not making the money because I'm pretty sure actually the Xbox brand isn't totally unprofitable. But like they buy all these studios, and most of these studios that they've bought pre COVID have still yet to release their games. Yeah, like, like that we is got, we got we got one game from Bethesda since they purchased Bethesda. That was what only a year and a half ago, two years ago. Oh, was it 2020 or 2021? I don't remember. I don't know. But, like, yeah, Bethesda, one of their biggest studios, released one major game. That was Starfield. Yeah, but I mean, that's like, Bethesda. That's not new. But, no, but I'm saying just in general, like, look at the rest of their other games. Like, what else can you think of of studios that they own that, that, that have released things? Like, I know right now I'm waiting for, um, what was that Viking game? Assassin's uh, Creed Valhalla? Yeah, that's no. what I was thinking. <laughs> I, in my head, I feel like I know what game you're talking about, and I cannot think of it. Um, uh, Senua's Sacrifice, Hellblade. Oh, are those Viking? Oh yeah, I guess they are kind of Vikingy, aren't they? They, they are. They are. They're 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 Viking. Um, where where where's the sequel? We we saw the sequel three four years ago. Didn't it come out? Nope. It it didn't. What game just? Oh, I'm th- I'm getting that confused with what was that game, Rich, that you played with the rats? Oh, um... A Plague Tale. Uh, uh, Plague Tale. Okay. I was getting um, Hellblade and Plague Tale confused. Mm-hmm. It's okay. I th- also thought Hellblade had come out. Um, lo- It looks like it's scheduled for 2024. That that only narrows it down a little bit to the 365 days in that Six. year. Yeah. 366. It's a leap year. Oh, yeah, because it's a leap year. Oh, is next year a leap yep. year? Yeah, every four years. I don't remember 2020 being a leap year, but 2020 was a... It was it but, was a twenty twenty. Cobb, we already know you don't do math well. I mean, that is true. It ends in a four. Most likely, it's going to be elite. Okay, that's you know what I had honestly never really thought about that. It's it's so it's if it it's no that wouldn't always work though. No, it's it's every every other every other four is a leap year. Four, eight, twelve, sixteen, twenty, twenty four, twenty eight, thirty two. 36. So, 30. I mean, literally, like, divisible by 4. Well, yeah, if it's divisible by 4, it's a leap year. That's obvious as well. But, I mean, that is that is an easier way to put it. If it's divisible by 4, it's a leap year. But I also... That... So, like, uh, to, but, like, to be honest, like, I don't remember the last time I actually acknowledged a leap year is kind of the problem. I mean, you acknowledge it in 2020. 
I don't know that I extra, did. There was an extra day that year. You acknowledge, you had to have acknowledged it. Otherwise, you're a day ahead of us. It is March 42nd. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but no, like, I don't remember the last time that I'm like, oh, it's February 29th. It's a leap year. Like, you know what I mean? See, that's the thing. You also don't work with dates. Me and Drew do, so we recognize that. That's, that's we fair. We recognize like, that more often. But I it's, very it's, rarely it's, have to put the date like, down. I I doubt I doubt many people will ever really acknowledge that it's a leap year unless you're a leap year baby. I I think the people born on leap day are the only people that acknowledge leap year. That is probably also true. I don't know how we got the, on the on the leap year topic. I I don't know. I don't know. Microsoft and the AI, it's bullshit. That's all I got to say about. Yeah. Yeah, it it is the fucking worst. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is. <sighs> anyway, but moving on. Yeah. That. Um so we we did a book club. Yeah, we are reading a book for book mm-hmm. club. Um, we've been reading World War Z by Max Brooks. Uh, should be page one hundred and eighty-seven ish. Uh, around the world and above. If you are keeping up with us, um, what do you guys think about it? What do you think about uh, it, Richie? I uh um, it it is of the three books. It is not my favorite, but it's not my least favorite. Um, obviously. It is, it is that middle ground. It is definitely a book that I don't think, if it weren't for the general subject matter of the book, the style of book is not the style of book I would normally read, for sure. But what's keeping me into it is I do enjoy the general subject matter, and the way he represents everything really pulls me in. Because the way he does this book is, it is, it is a, uh, the, it's an oral history of zombie war. He, he, he wrote this book as if he, this were beyond, after dealing with a zombie outbreak, uh, and he were interviewing people and their accounts from pre to post zombie outbreak, where we are is just as the turn of the humans winning and and taking back the planet. Basically, we just finished reading like uh, the American war front. Essentially, that's what the the actual last chapter that we read was was called. Uh, personally, like it's it's very it, it's it's just people talking. And telling you their experiences with the occasional questions. And like I said, normally I wouldn't be into this, this kind of thing. But the way it's being presented, my mind's eye is making me just be like, all right, I'm watching a, I'm watching a documentary. As I'm reading this, just, oh, this is a documentary of people talking to me. This is a docu-series of people talking to me. And it's a war story. It is not, to me, it is not a zombie book. It is a war story. I can see why you would say that. Yeah. Def- but I'm, I'm Definitely see like, why you say that. Like I am enjoying it. I I am enjoying it, but uh, it is like I said. Like the way it's being presented is not really my style of what I would normally read. I don't really care to read. It, like like it gives me a little bit. Like it's not as I'm, and I use this word lightly. It's not as egregious as finished business, where it's like it's just him telling his story. This is everyone's story. This is more of an anthology. This and that's what's keeping me more connected to it. Is like it's different people's accounts of different events through and it's it, it gives a good timeline timeline and honestly this is probably kind of what would happen if a zombie outbreak happened not necessarily everything that is going on like who knows if it, at this point especially who knows if israel would actually create a wall and 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 pull in palestinians and whatnot but like or the nukes and whatnot that they talked about in a few of the chapters but for the most part i feel like this is like this is going kind of how I would believe a zombie outbreak would happen, and it wouldn't be an apocalyptic world like in the World War, like in Walking Dead or whatever other zombie film you've seen. I, I mean, I think it, like, 
it it's going to vary. It it's going to depend what sort of outbreak and how much, right? Uh huh. Like this one seems like the way that this one seemed to happen, it seemed to be that like they were able to create actual legitimate pockets of resistance and have and still have access to technology in ways that were it a, a full infrastructure shutdown, like we would just be fucked like in a thing like The Walking Dead. But well, yeah, and and that's a thing. Like uh, to me. When you look at how the virus spread in the book to how, like, coronavirus spread, that's exactly what would happen. But, this, like, <sighs> like you can take this and, and the world's reaction to coronavirus and be like, yeah, I can see that. And after several years, people would start to band together, or not band together, but start to really understand and figure out how to deal with, like, I... I, I think in, I, in a way, sure. Uh-huh. Like, I think the, the difference there is while coronavirus was deadly... um actual living dead coming back and eating people would definitely thin out the population a lot quicker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, and, like, they represent that in this as well. Drew, what are you trying to say? We keep cutting yes, it off. Yes, you do. Uh, you say that it's not a complete apocalyptic thing, but the the United States is only from the Rocky Mountains west now. The entire, everything uh, east oh, of the Rockies is like, nah, you're at, fucked. Sorry, goodbye. At the At the point of where we're at, once America started to make the turn, yes. But also in that last chapter, she was flying to Florida, which means there are pockets of resistance, like Cobb was saying, throughout all of the country and throughout all of right. The but world. they they've I been the... disconnected from like the country, <laughs> and, and basically that's yeah, how been... every country handled it. Was like, ah, oh, fuck, ninety percent of our country, if you can survive yeah. in this little oh. area, but we've. <laughs> you know, so much of the world is wiped out from yeah, like habitability. So I may, maybe I, I maybe I misunderstood this because so to be fair, really struggling with this same one. this book. Um, is. So I so I may have missed this, but I'm on, I'm under the impression that at like when this book is being like written, let's let's call it um the the author, the journalist, what, whatever you want to call him. This is about a decade, 12 years, I think he said, after the end of the war. Uh-huh. And I'm under the impression that, like, most things are back to normal and they have the yeah. whole country again. Yeah, the, everything just is back di- to normal. Like, it's laid out in- differently and different countries actually own different parts of the world than they used to. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I think it was in, um, was it in the American Warfront chapter? It might have been in the chapter before it. I believe he went to Canada and was talking to somebody in Canada about I mean, how he's been every, all over the world. Yeah. He's been all over the world, but there was specifically what I'm remembering is yeah, he's in Manitoba, Canada and he's talking to somebody who's there who as a kid they went up to Canada to survive in the winters and they're now trying to t- return Manitoba and that area into wildlife again. Uh and even now, yes, the zombies that froze to death back then are still kind of surviving and they still occasionally see one or two here or there but for the most part they have retaken the entirety or majority of the are world you, are you thinking of the chapter with like the girl who like yeah like, yeah it was, like they, it was they were like page... walking through and she like kills one of them that's like frozen in the mm-hmm. yeah and, and she, so, like she they're like pointing her... out shit yeah and she tells her story about being uh about moving up there to the lake and like her like, dad hitting her mom and and trading her radio for food and then yeah and like them picking up the a hitchhiker is. at one point mm-hmm. and yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay yeah so, th- thinking of the same one because there was one other one that was it wasn't the same as that but it had a similar kind of vibe um 
so I wasn't sure if we were if I was thinking of the same one. Yeah, that was the same one. And it's it's I'm I I yeah, I I think it's for someone who isn't a very visual person or for someone who cannot visualize when reading the thought of it's just two people in a room talking really helps me like kind of helps picture more essentially because it's just this is just they're not trying to make me view anything they're just trying to give me this information um but yeah i i don't know i don't know where i was going with that yeah i i guess for me it's just and i do understand like, like the way you were saying about like viewing it more as a war story like to me, it still reads like, especially the the early parts where like they're talking about the outbreak and all. It's very zombie science heavy, and like I check out of that stuff because I just I don't like it. I find it fucking overdone. And maybe in two thousand six, when this book was written, that wasn't the case. I mean, not even maybe. Like in two thousand six, that was absolutely not the case. It wasn't every other piece of media was a zombie thing at that point. Um, but like today, I don't I don't want zombies in anything. Just. just, just- <laughs> Just pretend it's not zombies. But so, but on top of that, like, I actually, I really don't like the format. Like, I know Same. that, like, it's working for you because, like, you're not a visual reader. Um, I am. So, like, I prefer having, like, the description of, like, what's going on and having actual conversation and, like, story versus just these little, like, they're, they're interviews. It's, like, one person telling, like, it a is. brief bit of their story. And-, and it's, it's very hard for me to get. Like, I'm not connected to any of them. So, like, every one of them, like, by the time I get I get done, I'm like, what the fuck did I just read? And I have to actually, like, stop and think for a second. Mm-hmm. Same. Mm-hmm. Probably a similar experience that you had with um with Finished Business, right? Yeah. It was Finished Business. It was for me. I was just sitting there. I'm like, all right, numbers, person who doesn't matter, other person who doesn't matter, other person who doesn't matter. Um, Okay. Story about something that I really have zero ra- frame of reference for. I, yeah, I mean, okay. I really don't know how this is different to you, you know? Like, there's been a lot of talk about how you many guys people are died. Oppo- and no, you guys are opposite. That- You're a thousand <laughs> like, percent opposite. But You're- that's the thing. It's not, there. it's not, like, finish business. Every chapter was, here's these list of ten people, but we're only talking about one, but I'm going to give you all their stats and all their other this, and it's me, me telling you about my life with this person. Whereas this book is... Hey, I'm I interviewed a hundred people, or however many people we had interviewed, about the zombie war, and I was told by my editors that no one cares about this, but if I really want it out there to put it out there myself, so that's what I did. And here's these people's events and recollection of this event, this war that happened. And when it comes to yes, this fake war that has not actually happened, that probably never will happen, but the the idea of okay the story that's being told through these interviews the story of how the outbreak started how like how it spread how uh places reacted to it initially how places reacted to it in the middle how we started to turn around how the american war front happened because obviously the writer or the writer at least the author is american so he spent a lot of time on there all of that it's to me it is a is it a timeline story about the world's events and not just one person's telling of a thing that they did throughout things that they did throughout their life and that's why it's a lot different to me and it pulls me in more fuck the idea of it's being zombies or not cuz like i've already said this is a war story yeah uh, i don't well, they, they, they i don't like war stories no, it, either it is it is a war story drew don't it, add it because the, yes the first it, chapter was here's how the virus spread 
But literally, there is, like, this is why when you guys comment, like, you don't like zombie movies because they're all the same, it's not about the zombies. It is about the I, personal experience and reactions and how everyone is reacting to zombies. this threat that's going on. But it's intrinsically okay, zombies. change it to werewolves. But change it to werewolves. Makes it no more interesting. Cha- change it to werewolves. Th- a werewolf bites you, you can turn into a werewolf, you become a feral werewolf. Boom! It's not zombies it, it's, anymore. Change it to something that you uh, like. The, that's the, the, there's no thing that's any different that would make me like it. Like, I also, will, like, the, werewolves, uh, werewolves and zombies uh, both inherently have one canonical weakness. There, It's different weaknesses, but the only way to kill a werewolf is a silver bullet. The only way to kill a zombie is a shot to the head. Literally changes nothing. So, so you, you, I don't know. I like to me, it is not about the zombie aspect of this. What pulls me in is it was it does start as a zombie thing, just like what pulled me into Walking Dead, what pulled me into anything else that was zombies. It starts as a zombie, but after the first few chapters, it's not about the zombies. It's about everything else and how that the is world most, falls. But it, uh, you're right. That is most zombie media. Yeah, I think. So, personally, when I say I don't like zombie media, it's not the living dead aspect I don't like. I don't like how any of it is handled. I personally don't like... I guess even saying zombies wrong, I don't care for post-apocalyptic. Like, there's only a handful of times where I find that stuff interesting, Mm -hmm. because nine times out of ten, they're all hitting the same beats in almost the same exact ways. So it's just... Like, Walking Dead actually did it... Walk the comic. The, the fucking television show was a train wreck after, like, the third season. Mm-hmm. But the comic did it really well. Like, like it kept you engaged with the characters because it kept throwing curveballs at you. But I feel like everything... And again, this book was, was done before that. Well, not before the comic, but before, like, the television series got huge and so many things tried to copy right. it. So, like, I'm not holding that against the book. Like, the book is, is well done. But for me, it's just that whole genre, like the the post-apocalyptic world ended, we're rebuilding, like people are the true villain, just doesn't click with me. And I guess that's like, I mean, I, that that's also like the th- my thing with like kaiju movies is you guys see it all just being boring, giant fonts, giant monsters fighting giant monsters. I'm like, no, it's more than that. It's watch the whole, pay attention to everything, everything that's going on, what's the theme, what's it actually trying to tell you and talk about. And that's what it's, that's like, when I watch kaiju movies, when I watch zombie movies, it's not, oh, they're defending themselves against zombies. It's, all right, what are the themes and what are the things they're actually trying to talk to me about? And what are they trying to present and represent and and show? This is a world's account of a major war. Yes, it's based on a virus that caused people to turn into zombies or go crazy or turn into whatever you want that can make the subject matter more bearable. And how the world reacts to this threat that they've never seen before um, that is killing many, many of their people. Yeah, and no matter how you spin it as, like, for me, no matter how you spin it as far as, like, what the thing is, that type, like, just that type of story doesn't click for me. I will I will say, while I'm I'm struggling with the format, just because there's nothing to connect to in the in this format, I think it's a very, like, unique take, and I think, like, what they did is well done. Mm-hmm. So, like, I can recognize that part of it. Like, I don't think it's a bad book. I just don't think it's a book for me. Yeah. Which, you know, there are plenty of things that, like, I think are just garbage. This isn't one of them. Like, this is, like, 
at least the first half of it, it could absolutely fall to fucking pieces in the next 150 pages. Um, like it, it's, it's told through an interesting narrative and you're not getting the same, like it's no two perspectives twice. Like, so every bit of the, the timeline you're getting from a different person. So like from, from the beginning to, I guess it, it is still mid. Yeah. Yeah. So like from like the beginning to like the middle of the war, like we, you haven't heard from the same person twice and there's only been, unless again, unless I missed it and rich, you might, you, maybe you like picked up on it more. There's only been like a handful of like references even to like specific people between chapters. Like I know there was that, I forget the guy's name. Um, the one who in his chapter, it turned out that the guy was actually interviewing him, but he had had like some sort of mental break. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was a few chapters later, if I remember correctly, there was literally like somebody like name dropped him as like, yeah, that guy did some terrible shit. Yeah. So it was, um, let's see, that was in the turning point, uh, chapter. Um, and what was his name? I can't remember his name. Uh, Canada. No, it was South Africa. Ukraine. Uh, but he, he, whoever, whatever his name was, Paul Rediker yes. was his name. Yes. Yeah. Was, there um, you go. Uh, yeah, I found it. Um, I have the book with me and I have the, I knew it was prior to, I knew it was just after, or I knew it was that chapter, the turning point chapter, uh, which is why I was easy, easily able to get to it. So Paul Rediker. Um, uh, for anyone who hasn't fully caught up or who is, who, or who just isn't reading and wants to hear what we're talking about, Paul Redeker is the one who develops, basically develops the plan on how to zo- stop the outbreak. And his plan is basically find a spot that's easily defensible, get all of the people worth saving there. Unfortunately, that means heads of state, people like that, people that can fight, people that can, uh, like be, be hands on with like, mechanics and building and things like that people that are worth saving bankers and shit like that game developers not worth saving get all those people to a spot that's easily defendable but probably small and that is now the country that you are defending you can still have groups of small people that you continue to supply to try to have them fight off at their own home fronts but they're probably going to die all you have to do is defend this group of people from the zombies coming at this easily defensible place, and eventually will kill all the zombies. That's was basically it, his plan. I, um, am I misremembering? He wasn't also the guy that like like spent the money for like the programmers to come up no. with like the the homing missiles, right? No, 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 no. That, that was, was somebody uh, else. that was okay. That was uh, in the in the home front. Um, but so he he comes up with the plan, and maybe the next chapter. They mention like I think it was the next chapter or like one or two uh, sections later. They're talking to somebody in the Ukraine, and he's like, "This is this is when they started to enact this plan." And there's a little annotation. The annotation is it's the Ukraine's response or the equivalent of the Redeker plan is what their plan is being called. And like I think they mentioned that a few times. Um, and then yes, in the in the uh, U.S. home front chapter, they mention uh, disaster D. E S T R E S disasters or something like that. It's the uh, it's the group that then determines whether or not something is worth the funds to continue to do. Oh right, is it is it isn't it supposed to be like distress or something like that or was distress? It disaster? That's what it is. It, it, it is distress. I just okay. can't remember what it was supposed to be called. Um, because I I just I I read the first time where it was like oh it sounded like distress, but then every time after I uh, uh I I would read it as Saint res because. D-E-S, D, capital D-E, capital S-T, capital R-E-S, De Saint Res, is how I was reading it every time. 
Yeah, the, I, every time I saw it, I did not see the word that they said it sounded like. I, like I can, I can just see it be distress, D E S T R E S distress. But because of the way it's spelled, I I would always read it as De Saint Res. Um, but yeah, so they mention uh, what was his name? Uh, Arthur Sinclair. Uh, he yeah, I think his name was Arthur De Sinclair. Yeah, Arthur Sinclair, who was who became the head of uh, um, Distress, which was the U.S. government's department to basically determine whether or not anything was worth keeping, worth putting resources to. And so he, at times, would be like, "All right, uh, these these missile programs, sure, this is going to work." And like he says in his chapter, he regrets saying that. Because there too much was put into that and it wasn't worthwhile. But then he was like, but there were other things that like I had to turn down and sell the president of the United States. Yeah, this ain't happening. We're not doing that. That's not worth it. And so he was the head of determining whether or not things would work for the forefront and to push to save the country. Uh, and then he was later uh, a few times throughout the chapter, the, uh, like the Department of Distress was was referenced a handful of times. Yeah, it's. That was one of the few chapters, like, and not so much, like, all the stuff that he did was memorable, um, because I don't remember much of what he said he did, but the kind of twist at the end of that chapter was one of the more, like, oh, shit, yeah, okay, yes, that actually, that makes sense. This guy made a whole bunch of calls that probably got millions of people killed, um, yeah. and while he was apparently very detached about it, it finally fucking caught up to him. Yeah. Because um, it was that chapter... The chapter with um the the one that we talked about before with with the girl who was like a child and like yeah. definitely had to eat people um yeah, but like did not no realize it as a child mm -hmm. yeah um and there was one other one that kind of stood out as like a okay yeah no that's that tracks like a hundred percent um I can't think of what the, what the third one was that kind of stood out which I guess it didn't stand out that much in that yeah. case. <laughs> And that is where we lost the rest of Richie's audio, unfortunately. So in two weeks, maybe even next week, we might touch on a little bit more World War Z. Uh, but for all purposes, um, this is essentially the end of this week's episode, unfortunately. Um, it's a bummer because we do talk about it for a while longer and get into some other stuff, which again, I have left that after this. So feel free to continue listening if you want to only hear part of a conversation. Um, Probably wouldn't recommend it, but totally there if you'd like to. Um, otherwise, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. But of course, if you can't support us there, you can support us in so many free ways. Go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. All of those things help. Um, share us if you can. You know, go into an Apple store, download, just subscribe to us on all the, the devices in the Apple store. But really, if you'd like to find uh, find us on social media, we're Facebook.com slash OneQuestOnline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is YouTube.com slash OneQuestVideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. And as always, uh, Richie streams um, on Twitch and does YouTube videos. His username is B underscore Walnuts on basically everything. There's links in the show notes. Check that stuff out. He streams every day but Wednesday and Saturday, I think. Um, I'm probably wrong about that. I know he doesn't stream on Wednesdays or Saturdays, though. So, yeah. 
go check that stuff out and uh, enjoy uh, the rest of your days. All right, bye. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and even so, th- this has nothing to do with that. But um, were either of you guys thrown? And actually, Drew, I think you were because I, I think I, I mentioned it to you in the very first chapter. So this book was written in 2012, or I'm um, 2006, I think. I don't know why I said 2012. Um, d- Rich, since you have it in front of you, it it was published in 2006. I can just Google it. I just realized that's probably just quicker. The very first page, literally the first page. 2006 novel. Yeah. So. This was published in 2006. So, assuming that, like, the the outbreak happened in 2006, let's say, um, we're 24 years later, give or take. Because I think they said it was about 12 years of everything, and then it's been 12 years since the end of it. Um, somehow he predicted, like, video calls, it, sound, it sounded like. Yeah, I'm super confused on the time, actual timeline of things. So, in that first... Right. They don't. You're right. They they allude they do allude to other things before it, which kind of like puts into perspective like when it could be happening. Mm-hmm. Like like they talk about people that were like born in the seventies or that like did stuff in like the eighties. It's like cool, this can't be too far in the future because they would be fucking they'd be too old to have survived the situation. Right, like, at that like point. they talked about the Gulf War. Yeah. And like the, they talk about both Gulf Wars and you know that like the one time they're talking they're talking about the first one from the early nineties. Um because at one point they say Gulf War Two, so that was oh, the the yeah. two thousand three era one. Um, but in that first chapter, the the doctor that goes to like the random village, who like first off he had cell reception in like a remote village in China, good on him. But second, he did a fucking FaceTime call before the iPhone came out, <laughs> Be- like because he he basically says like he calls a guy on his phone and they're they're on video and he like shows he 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 straight up says that the video went blank as like the guy disappeared from camera. Right. I'm like, huh, okay, what? The iPhone didn't come out for another year. Um, FaceTime wasn't for several years. Yeah, but no, no, I, I agree with you. Like, like science, fiction, science fiction technology definitely does, like, crazy stuff like that. I just think it's wild that this book was supposed to be happening, at least, like, we can assume based on, on dates that, that are given, that the outbreak happens close to when the book was published. Like, it, it's in that general area. Which means it was pro, and it was probably written in like 2005, if not earlier. Um, though this is Mel Brooks's son, so he probably didn't have a huge issue getting it published. Um, and like he literally wrote fucking FaceTiming into his book before that was a thing that existed. And I just think that's it is both funny and kind of cool. Like, like it, it is it's not a complaint by any means. Like it's just like okay, fucking good on him for like predicting technology. It has to be a little bit later than that because it actually says it, it mentions Gulf War Two, which would be the the one post nine eleven. Yeah, exactly. Like the only way that you can kind of take make guesses is based on like the the excuse me years and uh, other events that are mentioned. Excuse me, Drew said like the Gulf War is mentioned. So like anyone that was a soldier in the early nineties, like would have. Especially like a soldier of any sort of rank in the early '90s would probably be in their like 40s or 50s come the mid 2000s, and would be you know 70s or up by the time like the interviews are happening. Um, so like all of that fits. But then there there was something that they talked about like one of the guys that did something was like 
he was either born in the seventies or like did something for um for like Reagan or Nixon or something like that. And it's like, okay, so this stuff couldn't have happened that late because that person would have been dead. <laughs> so literally the, the so I, I just happened to notice this, the Wikipedia page with the plot. Um the first line of it is the pandemic begins twenty years previously, um, in the twenty first century. So it's sometime in the early twenty in, in the early two thousands, seemingly. And it's 20 years before when he is having these conversations. So at least, but, but they, he, it's a, it's kind of a throwaway line early on where he says, um, it's been 12 years since the war ended. Um, and it's, I forget exactly how it was worded, but he basically says both of them were around 12 years long. Um, he might have said like, it's barely been 12 years since the war ended. Um, and we were fighting them just as long or something like that. Like it, it was worded in a way where it basically sounded like, that it had been just as long since it ended that it actually like existed for. But I, again, like not a book for me. I definitely I would have not not read it had you like like picked it. Um, I'm not I'm not like mad that I'm reading it. It's just it's not clicking. But I think it's well done at the very least. Like it'd be different if this was like an actual garbage book. Like it was just poorly written. But like it's well written. Like I see what he, what he's doing with it. Yeah. Because like I've read. I've read the beginnings of a couple of books that were just like they they were poorly written and I just very quickly stopped reading because it's like not only is this not interesting like whoever wrote it doesn't actually know how to write. Yeah, I guess this would be your third book. Good job. Why? Like ha- have you ever tried to read two books at once? Like have you ever watched have you ever watched more than one show? Like not obviously at the same time but like back to back. You've never watched like a couple episodes of a show and then like watched something else afterwards? So understandable like i'm not trying to convince you otherwise but like i look at it like more like watching like a show or something like that like 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 switching between your shows or your podcasts or like your youtubes like whatever it is like like whatever content it is that you imbibe like you don't and i know like you do tend to binge things but in a weird way because you just watch the same things like in the evenings to like unwind um but like i'm not going to read two books that are basically the same back to back um, but I will have multiple books all kind of started at the same time and kind of pick them up based on a mood. So like, I might read one book for like three days in a row and be like, you know what? I'm not in the mood to read this style of book right now. I'm going to read something else. You should read Hitchhiker's Guide. And what was it called? Oh, right, right. Um, that's another one. Like, I don't think I would enjoy that book very much, but like, I've heard it's very good. Yeah, I saw the movie. The Like, so I, the reason I don't think I would enjoy it that much is... While I thought the movie was fine, the movie was not particularly memorable for me. So like like that story was just meh. That that's fair. I I am curious if you would actually enjoy Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. That so other uh, so Hitchhiker's is only is under three hundred pages. Um and no, no, it's it's an it's an actual story. Um I've never seen the movie, but um the the little bit I know about the movie is it's it's a similar story where like a dude from Earth on Earth um, happens to kind of get caught up in like this giant, like kind of intergalactic um, kerfluffle. Where it, I mean, it's all satirical, but um, Earth gets destroyed. Like, and this is on the, like the back of the book. The Earth gets destroyed to make way for a an intergalactic um, turnpike, basically. Um, and the minute the Earth gets destroyed, the 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 species that is basically the company that does that stuff gets a notice that um those plans had been canceled and that the earth shouldn't be destroyed. And it's just, yeah, it's like a, a series of unfortunate events from there that are funny. Um, 
another like shorter book series that you might enjoy because it is just kind of it's mostly funny um is Discworld. Um have you ever heard of Discworld? Um so it's 41 books. Um no new ones coming out because Terry Pratchett died. But it's 41 books and like they're all subseries. So like there's like these little pockets of like well these books are all about like this cast of characters and these ones are about these cast of characters, but he didn't write them all at the same time. So like if you if you read it in like release order, it it will go from like one cast of characters to another and eventually circle back. But um you can just read the subseries of it. Um it's another it's all satirical um fantasy in this case though, where it, it's it takes place on Discworld, which is a flat world that is in space on the back of four giant elephants being flown through the cosmos on a giant turtle. Um but if you do it, the first book you should read is called Mort. M O R T. Um it's from the Death subseries. It was like the um like the fourth or fifth published book, but it's the first one in the Death subseries. Um, it has got my favorite like book joke that would only work in a book in it, where um, a character curses, but instead of cursing, um, it's just it's dashes. And the like outside of the um, of the quotes, the narration is, and he flawlessly pronounced um, a row of dashes. It's very good. It, the The whole book is like silly jokes like that, and Death is maybe the best character in in fiction. Didn't they? Did they make more of those? Oh, I didn't realize that. Jesus, they they just that's too many. Oh yeah, they're probably like out of print by this point. That sucks. Um, but like to bring it back around, anything else you guys want to say about that first half of World War Z? Yep, but a hundred and fifty pages to go. <laughs> yeah, that it's because they do that, and I know a, a couple books that do this where like. The main chapters are broken up by, like, these, like, mini chapters, but they're not part of, like, the contents of the book. So, like, it it's weird for, like, stopping points because it's not even, like, it's, like, it's just in the middle of the page. All of a sudden, there's a chapter break. And it's, like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, I'm going by page count. So, bam. Yeah, and like you said before, at least it's clicking with you in a, like, the setting because it's, you're not trying to picture a bunch of stuff while you're reading. Like, you can just focus on what they're they're saying. And I'm pretty sure, like, Drew is is going to buy a copy of this book and frame it because it's his favorite thing ever. Just <laughs> frame it and then throw it in a fire. This this is the book that makes Drew a fan of of fiction. I don't know. I I think it's – I kind of disagree that it's well written. I think it's poorly written. I think the way it's written makes, like, almost no sense to have written it the way it's written. I was fairly turned off at a bunch of the racism in the book. <laughs> like yeah i mean that there there is a lot of that like there there are definitely some like there are a fair number of like chapters or like chapter breaks whatever you want to call those things that are just like well that's uncomfortable yeah and <laughs> some some of it's a, a little too relevant today <laughs> but like i i still stand by like i think it i think for the like for what it's doing it's written well in the style it is trying to be um like it it doesn't feel like Looking at it from like the like the in-world narrative, it almost feels like this isn't what the book was supposed to be, but this is what he decided to make the book. Like he was getting all of these interviews to write a book about them, but then decided to just publish the interviews instead, if that makes yeah. sense. Oh, that's right. Yeah. It was I, like a UN report. I do remember on that the now though. Yeah, I I forgot all about that little bit at the beginning. Um but yeah, like I I'm not offended by by the book at least. Like I said, it's it's not the worst thing I've ever read. It's it's not even close to the worst thing I've ever read. It's just not enjoyable for me. Um, 
So I guess we will move on, and I will talk about one of the worst things I've ever read. Okay. Oh, I think the the movies are just straight garbage. I fucking hate them. Um, I oh god, yeah. So I read I read the Fellowship of the Ring. Um, so so on on a Discord server I'm on, um, they started doing a book bingo competition thing, and the only field that I I needed to to, to fill to get like a blackout, like to fill everything was to finish a book that you you dropped like slightly like, that you did not finish um and the only book that like I had that fit that was I tried to read Lord of the Rings in like high school and I actually tried twice and could never get past the first chapter um so I'm like you know what like I dropped this before like I will I will soldier through it once and I actually got I grabbed the um Andy Circus has done uh audio recordings of all of the books. So the Hobbit, the three um Lord of the Ring books and the the other one, the 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 Sim- Simmer- Similarian. Yeah, like however you pronounce that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, if anyone's going to help me get through this, it's probably going to be Andy Circus. <laughs> and to be fair, 10 out of 10 performance was wonderful. Um but boy, that it is probably worse than the movie. Um did did you know that the, the the movie, the movie doesn't do all the songs. There's songs on like every third page, and the songs go on for like three pages. No, the Fellowship of the Ring. So they don't get to Rivendell until like page. How many pages was this? Hang on. They don't get to Rivendell till probably page three hundred and fifty. It's four hundred and thirty pages. The Elven City. Yeah. Are you are you confusing the Hobbit and Fellowship? That that is Rivendell. Yeah. Yeah, that's the right place. They don't fight. They didn't fight anything. So you're thinking of parts of the movie too. Some of that didn't happen in the book. So hang on a second. I'm I'm double checking because I may have I may be exaggerating a little bit too. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. It's almost 300 pages before they become the the fellowship. It's around 240 that they get to Rivendell. So it was about 100 pages off. I apologize. Um, maybe a, a, like a little bit more than that. Um, because it is it, it's about 410 pages on the ebook. And the Council of Elrond goes from page two thirty nine to two seventy two. Yeah, the the first the first two hundred pages they're almost entirely in the Shire. Yeah, like like all that Tom Bombadil stuff with the songs, but like there are songs so often, like, and you might not notice it as much reading because like you can just kind of skim through it when you see like the the stanzas and stuff like that. But listening to it, like, and again, Andy Circus ten out of ten performance, but like. Every 20 minutes, he was fucking singing a song, and I didn't give a single fuck. <laughs> um, I kind of understand why the book is as popular as it is, and, like, why it did for fantasy what it did. But, like, it, unless you are a fan of it, or you're just a fan of classical literature, it is not fucking entertaining at all. I could, like... I can totally get people like maybe reading it when they're kids or like having like a parent read it to them when they're a kid and sort of having that that affection for it. But like, God, it was so hard to get through. Um, I remember this in Collingswood. Yeah, no, like, uh, so the couple times I tried to read this in high school, I never got out of the first chapter. Um, I think the furthest I ever got was Bilbo disappearing, like like with, with the ring trick. Um, like it's. And like I knew, I knew going into this that I wasn't going to enjoy it. Um, but it was one of those, you know what? Like it, it is such a famous and well-regarded thing. I 
part of me just wanted to do it just to be like, okay, I've read it. I still don't like it. Like, it's not just the movies. Um, and yeah, and I, I'm sure a little bit of it was colored by like my extreme distaste for the movies. Like, like I, like Drew doesn't like fiction. I don't know that even he dislikes those movies more than I do. I actually kind of remember liking them, but it's also been like 20 years. Well, fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Like I, I, and like I tried with those movies because people loved them so much. I saw all three of them, like the theatrical cuts, um, and then I saw the the extended editions, and I just, just what the fuck? <laughs> Never again. Um, but yeah, I have no intention of ever doing the other two books because this one was such a bad time. But uh, I have read Fellowship of the Ring. Um, it is not entertaining. You were just telling me that you want to read like fucking comic books for for novels so like <laughs> you're looking at the pictures and we both know it don't don't gatekeep i'm not gatekeeping i'm just telling you you're doing it wrong <laughs> yeah i've also read 78 novels this year i'm i'm also reading this one because there's only an abridged version of it on audio i know i know that's why I'm, that's why i'm arguing with you about it but sir i read a 500 page book without audio in a day fuck you i know i did it in like the afternoon it was a really good book (laughs) i liked i liked the way you said it the first time because you said if every chapter was a few words i'm like it was still 500 pages though (laughs) which i mean that's that is very good i i knew i wasn't like i knew going in that this book was not going to be like a me book so i kind of i figured out the math and from last week i had to do 26 pages a day to like be ready for tonight. So that's, I did a little bit more than that each day. Cause I would always go to like the next, um, like, like next person's story. So like some days I was doing more like 30 pages. Some days I was doing just 27, but like it broke even, not even broke even. Like it worked out enough that that final chunk, like that one really long one that led up to the, to the chapter, um, was basically the only thing I had to read last night. Nice. But to, to bring this back around to the thing that we were actually talking about. Fellowship of the Ring, not a, not a fun book unless you're really into that stuff. Yeah, just so you know what's funny, I actually like the Hobbit book. The movies were terrible. Um, I fell asleep trying to watch the first one three times. Um, I don't think I ever watched the the other two. Um, no, I just, I just straight up fell asleep during it twice. Money, <laughs> no, no, but they they thought they were going to make money. They did that when they filmed the first one. That's yeah. I the so. And again, oddly enough, I actually do, I mean, it's been 20 years, but I did very much enjoy the book, um, cause we had to read it for ninth grade summer reading. Um, and then I ended up reading it like two more times, like over the years, but like, again, like not since maybe my early twenties, but I think it was more like, I was like 17, 18, 19, the last time I read it. Um, but like thoroughly enjoy the Hobbit, like the book. Um, the Lord of the Rings has just never clicked with me, and at this point, I understand it never will. But you know, I'm glad to to have done it, and I got my fucking blackout on this silly bingo thing, and I did it before the end of the year. Tw- we had to read 25 books between September and the end of the year. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I read most of them. I think Lord of the Rings was the only one I exclusively listened. Oh, and something Wicked This Way comes, but that's only because it's the only thing I could get from the library at the time. That was good. That was a good one. Uh, it's a Ray Bradbury book. Um, you've never heard of Ray Bradbury, really? <laughs> Ray Bradbury. He wrote Fahrenheit 451. And lots of other things. Fahrenheit 451 is one of my favorite books. Yeah, like, 
Ray Bradbury was a prolific writer. He wrote kind of like all lots of different genres and styles and um did like some some television and film stuff as well. Um basically something wicked this way comes is like a it is the prototype for like every Halloween like movie that like you can think of. Like like legitimate Halloween movie, not like just horror movie. Um like the beginning of that movie feels very much like a, like a, a hocus pocus or a, like like something in that vein. Um like in a very just like did just everybody decide that this was just how these stories should go? Because, like, that's how this story is going. <laughs> but, like, very good. Um, and the, the the audiobook was actually also very good for that one. Um, but, Rich, how, how are you liking playing the, the sex percent on uh, Boulder's Gate? Uh, it's a speedrun category, sex percent. No, it really is. Well, that's good because apparently a, a, a current patch broke the, the sex percent. <laughs> is it? Why are you gatekeeping so much this episode? <laughs> are you not enjoying it? All right. So, I didn't know that was a thing. And I take it that's not, like, a default thing that's on. Which enemy? I'm just trying to remember. Oh, that, like, the that the, the fucking Cthulhu-faced dude is, like, trying to hold off for you so you can do the thing? Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> oh. So, to just to be fair with you, I did not know the Karmic Dice thing, so it was almost certainly on for me. Um, I, um, I also couldn't hit that guy, and the few times I did, I did zero damage to him. So beating him alone without like a second player is probably just incredibly hard even with the dice in your favor. No, I realize that, but having a second person that's actively playing and not the computers or wait, do you actually control every everybody on your party? Okay. It is I have not played that game in 4 months, I don't remember. <laughs> but I do remember I remember dying against that thing once, but I also fucked up and I I somehow managed to go into that room with just me. Like I, I didn't. I hadn't figured out how to get um the the girl out of the the tube yet. Um, and I had left the orc girl behind. I don't. She looks like an orc. So to be fair, I, I when I did finally recruit her, I immediately sent her to camp because I don't like her. I never got that far. I don't think I ever had that happen. Oh, sure you can. Also, very different like style wise. Like I feel like when you're playing like a from software game, like you can get good at that. You can't necessarily get good at random. Right. Yeah. I I understand that. I, you have definitely at this point played significantly more than I have. Though, like, you might not be significantly further since you were having trouble. Um, Which, w- what I played, I only died two or three times. Like, other than, like, when you're on the ship in, like, the intro where, like, I just made a couple mistakes because I didn't know what I was doing. Um, I died, you know, so once you... Once you're free of the ship and it's you and the the cleric girl that you free from the the tube, shadow something. Um, you come to like like some ruins that look like it used to be a church, and if you do a certain thing, all the dead bodies on the ground come back to life. Did you do that? Um, yeah, like I got absolutely wrecked during that twice. So I'm just like, okay, this is obviously something that like I am not grasping correctly. So I'm just not going to hit this button that brings everybody back to life, and I just kind of went on my way. And then I actually want to say it's that same building, but like outside on the roof, there are like a couple of people that end up attacking you if you like come up to them and like you have a chance to try and like talk them down. I just did a bad job of talking them down and wasn't prepared for a fight um, and ended up getting killed there. But then I was able to come back and redo the fight and actually succeed the second time. Um, And other than that, I think the only other time I 
died was it was my own fault doing something that I probably shouldn't have. Um, so you got to like that first main enclave that was like the druid enclave place where like there's all the um the refugees that they want to kick out and shit. Um, so I left. Yeah, I left there to go find like the arch druid or whatever that got like left with the enemy. Um, and I stumbled across like a goblin place who they accepted me as their friend and decided not to attack me. And then I found a well, and the well said I could go into it. So I went into the well and got attacked by a bunch of giant spiders and fucking destroyed. Yeah, so, you know, uh, did did you free the little goblin creature thing from the cage? So if you, so I'm whatever the, the dark person thing was. I forget what the, the race was. The, like, not, um, fuck. They, they usually have, like, gray skin and stuff like that. I, yeah, them. Um, so I'm, I, I'm a drow. And I, um, I did free the goblin and then you have to like escort the goblin out of the camp. And I got lucky enough that you get stopped by people every time they see you because you're letting a prisoner escape. Um, I was, I was able to talk my way out of every one of those and not have to fight people. Um, but once you get out of there, that, that goblin like scurries away. And if you kind of like go back the way you came and then like go right, um, you'll come to like a little village. I think that's also where I found the, the, the dude that was trapped in the portal. That might have been, yeah, it was, it was on that road where the, the portal guy was. And, um, and yeah, there's just, there's like this town that was obviously ransacked and the goblins overrun it. Okay. Yeah. If, yeah. If you go directly straight from like the gate, there should be a well. And if you just go click on the well, like you can go down into it. And once you get like into the well a little ways, there's like five giant spiders that teleport. That was the problem. None of my characters that I had with me had any sort of, like, useful ranged anything. Um, and the, the spiders teleport and have ranged attacks. So I could never attack... I Like, I couldn't get near them to attack them. Because um, they can teleport to different levels, too. Where, like, they'll teleport from the ground up onto, like, a random, like, ledge that you have you have to go across, like, spider webs to get to. And um, spider webs are, like, difficult terrain, so your, your movement speed is cut in half. Mm-hmm. Like, that section sucked. Um, that was the last thing I did. Like, I haven't actually played since then. But I got fucking wrecked during that. I enjoyed it, though. I just... I haven't... I haven't played the Steam Deck in a while. That's the only reason I haven't played it. Playing games with people is dumb. <laughs> I do save a lot, but not in, like, a I'm gonna save scum kind of way. It's just... I'm I'm just always cautious because I PC games crash too easily. Right. <laughs> sure. Which... Good for you. It, so that's what happens when you turn off like nudity. They just always wear like like bikini bottoms and stuff. So there there was something else that you said you had a talking point of. Okay, I thought I th- I thought you had more of like a well, you better do it on your stream. Um, you can. You just might get a get a soft ban, <laughs> and you don't get to do sex percent speed runs. I think so. Yeah. Well, you also don't understand speed running, so it's fine. It's not meant for you. I mean, that's basically life, isn't it? <laughs> Um, are you done talking about Baldur's Gate though? All right, it's understandable. Um, I have I have a quick thing that that I saw a few minutes ago that is worth bringing up. Um, it looks like uh, SAG-AFTRA uh maybe came to a deal with the studios. Yeah, um, SAG-AFTRA SAG-AFTRA approves deal to end historic strike is the headline at Variety. Um, it looks like um the union said the strike would officially end at twelve oh one a.m. on Thursday, so I guess like tonight. Um, and I guess they, they did get some sort of protections against, um, artificial intelligence and a, a minimum, uh, pay raise increase. So like, 
I know that was two of the things that they were fighting for, just like the um the writers and director guilds were. And I guess um like all a lot of this stuff seems to be speculation because it's not totally out there. The only thing that we know for sure is the union said that the strike was ending. Um, they're going to be voting on Friday to like officially accept the deal. So sometime probably after Friday, we'll know the details. But yeah, so we, we can talk about movies and TV again. Yeah, not right now, but soon. Oh, that's fun. I am not going to say it. I'll probably forget about it, just like I always forget about um all those other ones and watch it maybe next year. Maybe I'll watch it on New Year's when we do all of our New Year's movies. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, that is probably going to do it. Yep. Right? Good. Does it sound like a show or the show? I'll accept it. Um, but with that, if you would like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash one quest. But if you can't support us there with your dollars, you can always support us by going to your favorite podcast platform, rating us, reviewing us, subscribing to us. All of it helps. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. No, not Stitcher. That's gone. Google Podcasts. It's the other one. Um, you can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo. And you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. Uh, and Rich, what is your streaming schedule? I, so, weird question. Um, is like among, like, do, do a lot of people still play among us? Okay. I wasn't sure. Like, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. Like, like, I don't play it or follow it anymore. So I wasn't sure if it was still like a, like a major thing. Understandable. Yeah. I can understand that. Um, but yeah, I was, just, I was just curious. I don't hear a lot about it anymore. So I wasn't sure if it was still a thing. Nice. Well, with that, we will be back next week with something else to talk about. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.